Feather, feather, feather. Light, light, light. Work, work, Asking, ask, answer, answer. Accepting, honoring, honoring. All we are, earth to star. What are your tools? This is one of those primary questions we can hold in our back pocket as we're holding space for ourselves and for other people in our community to be healthy, happy, and well. What are your tools? That question brings us back to ourselves, being the sovereign beings we are. We are our own greatest healer, teacher, and friend, and we are the ones to first consult when it comes to any wobble or weakness, any challenge in life. We are the first ones responsible for steadying ourselves and our tools, our toolkit is the first place to check for, you know, the key to unlock that door to well-being again. The reality is that life consists of all sorts of ups and downs, being prepared and having tools for these wobbles and this dissonance and the unexpected to arise is really what's going to grant us the calm, grace and the stable footing that we need to navigate these uncharted waters. Yeah, so let's talk about some of these tools that we can all hold in our toolkit and let's also Um, work toward that freeing feeling, that recognition that we're okay even when we experience a wobble in life. Those shortcomings, those weaknesses, those illnesses, that's all part of the human condition. And every single day we experience fatigue, for example, just being at the end of the day, that fatigue is an alert that our bodies, our minds are ready to rest. So... Just like we have a daily season, a cycle like that, we have a life cycle, we have seasonal cycles, we all go through these changes and sometimes they feel like growing pains, sometimes they feel like ascension symptoms even, sometimes they feel like a headache here, a sleepy spell here, all kinds of waves and wobbles that can be dysregulating. So of course we need our tools, of course we need our entire toolkit ready to help us steady ourselves. I think it's important to highlight that coming into a space of dis-ease or dysregulation or encountering these challenges is totally normal. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can anchor in and have this discussion around what tools are available to us and how to sharpen these tools and how to refine these tools and spending the time to commit to on a daily basis or a regular basis prior to a challenge, making these tools easy access and super supportive is going to help us navigate these situations with much more ease and a natural flow. In the past, for me, it may have been a regular response to be emotionally displeased or disappointed with myself when encountering some challenges. But now I find it to be a little bit of a positive challenge. I find it to be an opportunity to use the tools that I'm so committed to refining on a day-to-day basis prior to these challenges arising. For example, we experienced a wave of coughing in my family. The kids were up late coughing. We all had a little bit of coughing here and there. And so that was a call, an invitation to recalibrate. What is the cause of that? What can we do 
to remedy that situation? What can we look at regarding our food consumption, regarding our sleeping regimen? What can we, you know, offer ourselves as a dose of medicine to help us feel regular again? It's important to acknowledge that there's a challenge happening so that then we can move through to a solution, that we can move through to a place of activating the use of our tools. In this situation with the coughing, we immediately went to our herbal knowledge, our support from the plant kingdom, and our ability to be able to take in these herbs and this medicine to offer the body a nutritional support system and enable it to heal quicker. I'd like to focus on health as a place to bring our toolkit for the purposes of this conversation, but we could also direct our toolkit toward creativity or another area of life. But health is an obvious place where consulting our own set of tools is a good way to help us navigate um, an illness, a feeling of weakness, uh, the pain of human existence. You know, every single day we got these sleepy, tired eyes and tired mind at the end of the day. And I just think that's an ordinary part of human condition. So let's think about that. What are some of your tools when you feel imbalanced? What are your tools when you feel anxious? What are your tools when you feel irritable? What are your f- tools when you feel sad? What are your tools when you feel rageful? Mm. We each experience these experiences, right? Everyone can relate with these experiences. So having compassion for ourselves, I think the first tool is this. Acknowledging that the wobble is happening. They say you have to feel it in order to heal it. So first thing we're going to do is acknowledge. We're going to bring our loving attention Not in a charged way, not in an overly emotional way, not in a dramatic way, but in a compassionate neutrality fashion. We're going to look at what's happening. And that in itself is going to put the stressor in its rightful place out there. We're going to give it that space to exist. I find that that simple action of just recognizing there is a pain point softens, it eases the pain point. Another way to handle it could be like a distracted allowance of that thing to just exist in the background. And that's kind of like negligence. That's kind of like self-abandonment because Mm -hmm. we're not really reckoning with that thing. It's just sitting in the back, lurking in the shadows, potentially making us struggle. And it's a stressor that needs to be addressed, right? So numbing out doesn't remedy it. Being indifferent to it doesn't remedy it. But looking at it can remedy it. That's a good starting point. Would you agree? I do agree. And I think there is there are moments where we don't maybe have the bandwidth or we don't have the capacity to deal with something in that way. Um, I think with physical ailments, we're more forced to deal with them right away to prevent anything getting worse or to get back to our day to day. But sometimes with emotional situations or with emotional disease, we're more likely to, as Kate said, ignore or self-abandon and not deal with it. I do want to acknowledge 
acknowledge and recognize that sometimes we just don't have the space for it in that moment, but it's far more beneficial to acknowledge that there's something there that needs our attention and just say to self, I see you. I know this needs to be addressed. I have intentions in doing so, but just not in this moment. I find that to be far more beneficial than to completely ignore and abandon altogether. Yeah, I think there are these old ways of experiencing pain and they can be summarized like this damn dumb and numb that's a i'm just i'm just going to try to illuminate the shadow of this dealing with pain in a negligent type of way so dimming could be like addressing the symptom of a health crisis by just blanketing the pain with like a painkiller like aspirin or whatever some kind of pharmaceutical treatment that's what i'm talking about when i'm saying dimming we're turning down the volume on those symptoms we're not Mm. addressing any kind of a root cause we're just turning down the volume we're we're blanketing the symptom instead of addressing the root cause so headache medicine stomach medicine these are old ways of dealing with pain nowadays we're actually looking at the cause of a stomach ache the cause of a headache and we're remedying that cause we're looking at that cause we're addressing the cause we're not negligent to the cause we're not just overlooking the cause and putting a medicine a pharmaceutical treatment of a symptom that actually distances us from the possible light at the end of the tunnel, which could be the remedy that solves the issue in the first place. So we're going to highlight the importance of our sovereignty, our <clears throat> own navigational system to know we're going to consult the guide inside to tell us what we need, what we're looking at, the scope of our challenge. And we're not going to blanket that. We're not going to dim that light by putting our faith in a pharmaceutical treatment that's just a momentary relief from the thing. Maybe there, maybe there are occasions when that momentary relief, say like a cough drop, might mm. help us to feel better and more capable of addressing a root cause. We don't want to put too much energy into blanketing a symptom when we really ought to be looking at the cause of a symptom and working from the root I really like the way you're articulating this, Cabe, and I think this is super important in our modern day society because what he's describing is a more functional approach to wellness. Um, Although we're not doctors and can't prescribe or diagnose, we really enjoy sharing our passions and how we work with our physical bodies and our mental health. And this is something that our culture, our community, our country as a whole seems to be getting back on track with a more functional approach to medicine. We're not going to band-aid the symptoms to get rid of the symptoms so that we kind of like trick ourselves into feeling better. We're going to the root cause of things. So this is a great way to move through any obstacles or diseases or um, dissonance that may arise in your mental physical or spiritual health. Yeah. So the cough drop, the headache medicine, those are dimming treatments, right? Let's talk about the numbing treatments. That is just pretending like it doesn't exist. That's just grinding through. Sometimes we might have a headache and we might still have to get through our workday. Caffeine is another dimming agent, I would say. We might be fatigued and we might be kind of like blanketing that symptom of fatigue with caffeine. Mm -hmm. And of course, we understand the consequences of that. That's that's easy to comprehend because 
a lot of us go there still. It's a really popular medicine. Numbing is more like not paying attention. That's more like pretending it doesn't exist. Ignoring a symptom might lead to major imbalances like overindulgence and not eating enough or diarrhea and constipation. There are serious consequences when we don't listen to our body speaking. Our body is speaking. Are we just going to be so ignorant mm -hmm. as, and so negligent and so self-abandoning that we wouldn't even listen to our own bodies? Please, let's listen to our bodies. And when I talk about a dumb way of handling a health challenge, I'm talking about witnessing a health challenge but not doing anything about it. For example, alcohol. Alcoholism creates all kinds of challenges. It wreaks havoc on so many levels, emotional, physical levels for people. I know because I've been there. And if we're not going to do anything about it, then we're dumb. That's a dumb approach. You, Audrey reminded me that dumb actually means not speaking. It is, so it's like, it's like we're not taking action on what we know. We recognize the challenge. We recognize the root of that challenge, but we're so inactive about it or we're so not caring about it that the, the challenge continues it persists because we're not taking action we're not speaking up for ourselves we're not standing for ourselves we're not standing in sovereignty we might be a little wishy-washy about our conviction i see it happening with alcohol all the time my peers drink alcohol even with sacred plant medicines i see people losing their sense of groundedness sometimes it's okay. I respect that. And can we just be real? For example, when what he's speaking on, I really resonate with, with this whole, uh, this idea of being dumb around it. You know, for example, I would use, and I had many years of interacting with alcohol on a pretty regular basis. And in a lot of ways, I'd be like, whoa, I wasted a lot of time, but none of that time was wasted because I can really see what Cabe's speaking about. I remember waking up really hungover, having completely toxed out my body with alcohol the prior day. And it's kind of like a joke, like, oh, we're so hungover and it's funny and we're laughing. I was really suffering. Like it was a real suffer. Like we had, there could have been days that there was an excessive poisoning in my blood. Alcohol goes into our bloodstream. I think this is a topic that we don't talk enough about. Alcohol poisons our blood. Our blood is where our spirit resides. So by engaging in that behavior and then waking up the next morning and kind of laughing about it and not making any changes and maybe even going back to alcohol again within the next day or the same day, we're being dumb. We're being, we're not standing up for ourselves. We're not speaking a change into our reality and then following through with the change. So it's not a derogatory term or a slang or, or a word. We're not trying to insult the intelligence, but by natural definition, it is an insult of our own intelligence. However, I will say the rehydration post-alcohol abuse is a medicine and is a way to regroup, get back to normal. It's a tool. But imagine if you didn't even need the tool. Imagine if you didn't even cause the damage. There's so much damage and there's so much illness or so much dis-ease that we can encounter in our realities and our mental and physical planes and our body and our existence. There are some that are preventable. So ask yourself, what am I engaging in or what am I choosing that is totally 100% preventable?
to me saying alcohol is poison is a really charged thing to say and i honestly believe that for myself to be true through my experience i recognize the way alcohol has poisoned my body heart and mind and i think in the same way pornography has mm. and i really feel the resistance to these poisons is a preventative measure that can help us to experience freedom in our body, heart, and mind, a well-being. It's one of those preventative measures we can make to take good care of ourselves. Let's talk about preventative health care as a priority, taking care of ourselves before we're sick, before we're off balance. Preventative health care is an amazing tool for us to be able to utilize. It's something that it's super easy in so many occurrences. Sometimes it takes a little investment. One thing that comes to mind is body work. Oftentimes our posture is something that we can neglect. Oftentimes our body carries a lot of the stress of our day, especially if we're looking into a computer screen or if our work requires us to be looking down, that upper back and neck and shoulder area can really take a lot of the burden for us. It can take so much burden. It can take so much stress that it may take months for us to actually feel the discomfort in our body. Mm. So a really great way to take care of this is regular stretching. That's a great tool just to be able to stretch our body. Stretching our body is such an amazing tool in our toolbox for us to stay limber and loose and lean. Stretching can also influence energetic flow in our bodies. Having tight, stuck muscles can be really resistant and sap our chi or energy body from moving freely through our body. Part of Chinese medicine is working with our meridians or the areas in which our body's energy flows through certain points to help support our organs. So stretching is such a simple task that can help us stay nice and loose and limber, stop us from getting knots and tight tension in our body and allow our energy to flow smoothly. We can up level this or take us to the next level with preventative body work, like having massage therapy or myofascial release or other body work that's scheduled pretty regularly so that we can get to the aches and pains before they even occur. We can actually stop them from occurring by just being mindful and aware. And sometimes this does take an investment. It takes a little bit of a financial investment to be working with a therapist, a body therapist, a chiropractor even, and this is in the same category. But by investing in our wellness, we can prevent our sickness. Yeah, preventative health care also looks like this. Practicing good ergonomics with our computer screens, Hmm. our phones. We're not hunching over and creating bad posture habits for ourselves. We're practicing good posture all the time. (laughs) Whether we're eating, we're looking at a screen, we're doing our work. We're always practicing good posture. And yeah, stretching in addition to stretching, yoga, which is Mm. definitely a study of stretching, and also meditation. I'm perfectly healthy and whole in my meditative state. I'm starting there. That's a good place to recalibrate because all is well inside my conscious awareness. I'm perfectly in alignment with the divine in my soul level. And returning to there is like filling up my love cup. It's like I'm bringing my love cup straight up to heaven and filling it up with that divine, holy, eternal light and coming back and sipping it up. It's a good way to be resourced, right? 
sleep of course helps too and i think it's exactly the same reason i think we're literally going home in sleep but that's a whole nother topic right now i'm just inviting us to meditate because i know for me it brings me to that relaxed state in body heart and mind and a relaxed body is a well body is a healthy body the muscles are flowing, the blood is flowing, the respiratory system is flowing. Flow is a really, really important component for a physical body. So that's just a really simple, easy way to check in what's not flowing. Where do I feel resistance? Is it in my mind? Is it in my physical body? Is it in my muscular structure? Where am I finding resistance? This is a really good way to check in and figure out where to put our attention and move from there and move from that space. I love all the points that you brought up about posture and our day-to-day activities. I think this is something that's super, super helpful for all of us. And I'd like to point out that Cabe brings these teachings to his younger children, getting our kids started in this awareness at an early age to be able to sit up straight, to be able to sit in good posture is such a beautiful gift to them. For them to move through a younger space and be able to prevent this crick in their neck or challenges in that upper back at such a young age, it really, really, really instills good habits to prevent anything from happening at a young age. Yeah. Speaking of the kids, you know, you, you drop your kids off at school and you see some other kids hunched over their phones like this, some kids walking down the street, looking at their phone down and wow, what a burden that is. I wish I could remind all the kids to practice good posture, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of other things we do with our kids to for preventative health measures. We always bless up our food. We always charge up our hands like this with energy and bring our loving attention to our food. We do preventative health measures every single day. Um, Another obvious one that's really important to mention is breath work. Mm -mm. And breath work looks a lot of different ways to a lot of different people. There's a professional study of breath work, just like there's a professional study of stretching called yoga. Let's talk about this spectrum of breath techniques that exist. For me personally, I love this one that I call the eagle cry whistle. Whenever I'm experiencing anxiety or extreme emotional distress, I try this, I start here. It's in major emotional release in such a subtle way that it's not disturbing to anybody else. Might catch someone's attention across the room. It's kind of like, pst. it's sort of like that. It's almost the same sound, but it's as if you're an eagle crying to another eagle across the sky. And there I see all this force of overwhelm energy dissipating. And I see a clarity. I almost see like an eagle eye perspective. I can almost see a bigger picture perspective of a scene that's not charged. It's just compassionate neutrality. Another breathwork example is A deep inhalation. Take a deep breath. It's as simple as that. (sighs) Breathwork begins there, right? Absolutely. And I'd like to point out too, even when we were struggling with a little bit of a cough, I remember saying to myself, like, what is it that I need right now? And I just heard like, you need some oxygen, you need some breath. And so although I like some of the more extreme breath works for different 
reasons and I'll get into those as well, but just a simple deep breath, just get some oxygen in your cells. You know, this is the life force energy. This is just, you know, such a, a potent medicine by just inhaling, taking a nice deep breath, especially if you're experiencing some coughing or some cold symptoms. Often we just get into this like tight chest space or chests are tight. We might have some mucus going on. We might have a lot of stuff going on in this area and just offering the nourishment of just a deep breath all the way down to the base of our belly can be so up-leveling and really change our whole experience that we're having in that moment. Personally, the range can go as far as some really deep breaths, some, some shamanic breath work. In the yoga practice, we have breath of fire. We have some more intense breath work. I know that Cabe's not a super big fan of these more intense breath work. I find it to be extremely beneficial when I'm just in a state of overwhelm. So I've already kind of checked in with that. Although I've found that when I can get into a cycle and really anchor into even just like a 13 to 15 minute extreme breath work cycle, I find that this actually will dump out some of my stressful emotions, my stress uh, my tension, my overwhelm, all of those things. So it's kind of, it can also be a similarity to the meditation that we do every day. It's actually having an alchemic process within the body where we are releasing some more denser, lower frequencies that are represented by emotions that may be causing blocks in our system. I think that sounds really good. Actually, I think I might re, uh, recommit to doing some higher frequency breath work. Um, I find that to be super preventative, but also not for everyone. Simple, deep breathing will also relax and remedy the body in that way. Yeah. From what I understand, there's a physiological benefit to mm -hmm. getting the air, getting the oxygen in the higher parts of the lungs that are often unmet by ordinary yeah. life. But if we're getting aerobic exercise, we're breathing into the... <clears throat> higher pockets we're bringing oxygen mm -hmm. all the way to the higher pockets of the of the lungs and that's really beneficial from what i understand i also think it's beneficial to not only breathe deep but slow mm. and that seems contrary to aerobic exercise where you're actually picking up the speed of the breath but i do think those slow breaths possibly are a great benefit they seem really beneficial to me along the lines of exercise though i think 20 minutes of good, sweaty fun every day mm. is a really good preventative health measure. That mm. can look any way we choose, whatever suits us. For some, it will be jogging. Jogging, I mm -hmm. understand there's a, there's a clinic where people who are experiencing major depression symptoms, they go to the clinic and the first move is to get measured for their foot size so they can get some proper running shoes. And they embrace running as a daily practice to help them feel healthy and well again. For others, it might be the free weights. For some, it might be the Jungle 30. I learned the Jungle 30 <laughs> from some brothers who used to travel to the Amazon mm. and sit with indigenous tribes there. And they needed a quick, potent, high, high vibration physical exercise regimen to help them with their daily lives. And... Anyway, for you, it might be something entirely different, it might even be sex, whatever it is, whatever is suitable to you. Let's check in with how that makes you feel along the lines of sex. That's a funny thing. People talk about sexual healing 
and sex also has a depleting quality to it in some ways. So it's really important to check in with what's correct for us at any moment. Maybe there's a season and a cycle for bananas in our lives. Maybe there's a season and a cycle for even alcohol. But can we be aware of the way that's affecting us? Can we honor our bodies enough to pay attention to our body speaking? I like the idea of seeing a doctor once a year and a dentist getting regular checkups as part of my healthcare regimen. I think it's similarly might be beneficial to get a, a body scan and kind of like a, a urine analysis or a, a blood sample to, you know, check in with our food sensitivities and stuff like that. I notice when I do that, I see changes happening over the course of time in different food sensitivities that I have. My kids too. My daughter, I served her some cashews the other day and she reminded me that she was sensitive to cashews according to this chart one time. But it's a different age now. It's a different year. It might be possible that she can enjoy cashews again. Um, I know for some, the entire group of legumes, the entire group of gluten can be upsetting for some people. Other people seem to be able to handle it okay. There's also intricacies in the combinations of foods. Meat and wheat can really be a challenge for some people. And otherwise, it seems to be like the most popular food combination in all of fast food. There's a, there's a preventative healthcare regimen right there. Don't eat fast food. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. I think what we're getting at here is that there's a plethora, a plethora, a huge quantity of ways that we can do this. But it really truly starts with checking in with us and just coming back to you. What is it that we want to work on? Do we just want some calm, deep breathing, or do we really want to take it to the next level and highly oxidize our blood? I mean, there's so many different ways to attempt this, but I think that the the priority is, is doing something. I think that's really great. Even if it's introducing only one or two things a month or one or two things a week, or being able to find consistency with one or two additions to your self-care regimen, I think it's a really healthy practice. And I think it's something that we should be proud about and we should be celebrating and we should be teaching our kiddos. Yeah. To reiterate it again, again, you have to feel it in order to heal it. Mm. So, you know, preventative healthcare is an important thing to consider here. And then there's the healthcare when we run into a challenge and let's, let's alleviate some of that burden right now too, by just saying that's part of life. Life comes with all kinds of challenges, depressive feelings, headache. It's different for everyone. And there are times when we might seem euphoric and blissful and times when we might be downright depressed and that's okay. That's the, that's the main point I want to make is that we can really overburden ourselves by worrying and suffering yeah. from the depressive, weak spells that we run into. Or we can continue to be liberated, continue to live abundantly, continue to pursue our passions, even in the face of any kind of health challenge. You know, there are always ways to light ourselves up. There are always ways to fill up our love cup. And if we're not doing that because we're dumb, dim, or numb, then maybe we can write our paths and come back to who we are 
Maybe we can take good care of ourselves again. Take responsibility for our own health care. I think there's something that comes to mind I'd really like to share around our work and our health. And I know this may not be an option for everyone, but I'd like to put it out there and say, if we're getting to the point where we're actually experiencing some physical symptoms, we're feeling into what's best for us. Maybe we're making an appointment with a doctor or maybe we're not. Maybe we're, you know, feeling into some home remedies or support in some sort of nutraceutical or vitamin or whatever we may be navigating. I think it's really, really common, especially for Americans to push through and to continue to keep moving. And I know that that's not even an option for some people and that we have to do that. But if there's an option for you to know that you're dealing with an illness, and if there's any option at all to sit still and calm down and and rest and let your body heal, I invite you to do that. I invite you to see the warning symbols. I invite you to just rest. Sometimes our body just needs to not expel energy on anything else other than getting better. And sometimes we can get over whatever dis-ease or whatever sickness we're experiencing just by taking 24 hours of rest and not being and not pushing ourselves through work, not pushing ourselves through cleaning in the home or doing all these extras that we're always feeling such high pressure and expectation to do on such a regular basis. Sometimes just 24 hours of simple rest can actually cure instead of drawing out sickness or illness for a solid week while trying to push through. Just a little food for thought. It's wonderful advice, and it's totally aligned with the idea of the Sabbath. If we consider that, the Sabbath is one day of rest, one day per week of rest. Maybe it's a Sunday, maybe it's a Saturday. The Sabbath is a day for us to take care of ourselves. It's a day for us to step away from our work life, step away from our overwhelm, step away from our overindulgence, and just take good care. For some, it might include fasting, allow that emptiness to happen. I actually think that's a super good consumption habit is to take a break from stuff, let stuff run out. It's a beautiful thing to be in that state of emptiness and wanting. It's a, it's healthy. I think it's there's some magic in there. There's some mysterious high value gift that comes when we start with an empty cup like that. And the, one of the gifts that I can think of right now is that the cup is never empty. The cup overflows always. There's, and if you've even read about, I've even read about this satiating substance called ambrosia that exists in the roof of our mouth. So people in deserts and in extreme drought situations actually find sustenance through the roof of their mouth, ambrosia. Wow, that's a beautiful idea. And it's it's a spiritual gift. It comes from creator. It comes from source. It comes from the provider. The provider provides, you know, the provider provides. There's so such liberation in that. Such freedom for our minds, freedom for our bodies, freedom for our hearts. It's true. And you're touching on the fasting and just allowing our our bodies and our digestive tracts to empty. And although I'm not a doctor, I can't prescribe or diagnose, but I'm a fasting enthusiast. And I know there are a ton of really, really magical, awesome, rejuvenating 
experiences and systems that turn on when we're not wasting our energy on digestion. I would definitely feel into seeing if this is a good fit for you. Ask your doctor if you're undergoing some physical circumstances. But for me, I definitely welcome a good stretch of fasting almost on a daily with intermittent fasting and at least usually a little bit of a longer stretch, maybe an 18 or 20 hour fast at least once a week. So I can allow those systems to activate. I can allow my hormones to reset and balance. I can allow my body to settle and maybe even work through some of those extra reserves that I'm not needing to carry with me on a day to day. Yeah. Along the lines of fasting too, there are some other areas that are related that ought to be mentioned also. It is said that the alkalized body cannot get sick. I'm going to repeat that. The alkalized body cannot get sick. Foods that are alkaline include greens. Primarily, we start with greens. So anytime I'm feeling like an overwhelm, maybe I have a canker sore in my mouth, maybe I had too many sweets and my body's speaking to me, stomach discomfort, I'm going to look at greens. I'm going to look at alkalizing food sources and I'm going to fast that way. I'm going to take time away from any other thing that might be a culprit of that dis-ease or that discomfort. I'm going to correct whatever's off, whatever is imbalanced by a balancing substance like greens. That idea that an alkaline body cannot get sick is a potential remedy for something as heavy and burdensome as cancer. It could be something as light and ordinary as a common cold too. Alkaline foods are greens primarily, but also a glass of hot lemon water every single morning. Absolutely. This lemon water that Cabe's speaking of really has changed my life. It really helped me get off coffee. I do still have coffee once in a while. I had a cup of coffee yesterday, but I treat it as a treat. A little bit of a treat, a little bit like a dessert almost. But coffee is really acidic. And so if we're having that every day and we're starting from an acidic place, just to be mindful, like how is that affecting our reality? How is that affecting our moods? How is that affecting all of our hormonal systems and everything happening? If you can think about this, one cup of coffee, one eight ounce cup of coffee will dehydrate you to the point where you need six, eight ounce glasses of water to rehydrate from one cup of coffee. I do feel it's really important to touch on that these physical changes can make massive emotional shifts that make us feel good day to day. We wind up in a state of bliss, a state of calm, healing our physical bodies. Their emotional up level is an awesome side effect of that. Whether it's due to a hormonal reset by taking care of our body or just feeling really happy and comfortable and safe in our bodies. We hope that you can maybe find some shifts and changes that would be easy to incorporate and, and move into that will uplevel your feeling and emotion on a day to day. Yeah, because we want you, we want everyone to feel good. We want everyone to feel healthy, well, whole in body, heart, mind and soul and for me, it's the world's a better place when we're all well-resourced like that. Can we all just begin with self-love? Can we begin with self-care? That love will ripple out and touch every single soul. That care will touch us all, you know? Let's, let's start with where we are and go from there. It can really benefit us to share these little tips and little tricks with some of the people that we love. Maybe give them an opportunity to up-level their self-care practices and preventative health care as well. 
Thanks, y'all. Love you.